slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, we have got a lot to talk about on today's show. Obviously, some Islanders players, including Captain Anders Lee, coming out with some statements regarding the unrest that we're seeing, the protests around the country. We will talk about that. We will continue to take a look at the upcoming playoff series with the Florida Panthers. Uh, We'll do a little bit of that as we get closer and closer to it, but always want to discuss some slightly different aspects of it. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, And yesterday, we talked about the best defensive season in Islanders history. Today, in the time machine, we will visit the the best offensive season the Islanders ever had, the season where they scored the most goals, and we will look back at some exciting games from that very year. Don't forget, if you have a question or comment, something that's on your mind, Feel free to send the show an email. It's LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we are more than happy to mention you on the air and uh, basically just uh, talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, the the Twitter handle at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYR. V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news from around the world of the New York Islanders, and uh, thankfully, you know, thankfully it looks like we are getting closer and closer to the point where informal training camps are going to open up, the players are going to come back and and at least, you know, show their faces and, and, and do things uh, to start getting ready for this playoff. And, and we're looking around August 1st, give or take, for the actual resumption of play. Again, assuming that things continue to go smoothly. And we really did uh, you know, talk yesterday a little bit about the testing that is going to be implemented. And I, I have to say, I'm pleased about the way the league and the Players Association seem to be going about it. And that is that, you know, they may do daily testing if that is indeed necessary. And I think that's a good thing because, look, if you can't play the game safely without getting people infected and and, and raising all kinds of safety and health issues, then they really can't do it at all. So to me a very smart move by the NHL and the Players Association 
getting on the same page and working together to make sure that if it's possible, they're going to finish the season. And if you look around right now, Major League Soccer, they're not getting back so quickly. The players and the owners unable to come to an agreement. Major League Baseball still trying to figure out, you know, the, the players put in a counterproposal. The owners then answered that with a much shorter season proposal. Hockey, at the very least, everybody seems to be working together on the same page, and that is a very welcome uh, very welcome development for hockey fans and for the National Hockey League and for the New York Islanders. Because, again, before play was suspended, the Islanders, a seven-game winless streak. They'd only won two of their last 12. They were going to struggle for a playoff spot now. A, everybody will be healthy, at least when training camps open. And B, the Islanders will have an opportunity to qualify for the playoffs, uh, you know, facing the Florida Panthers, getting that initial series underway, and then a chance to advance if they can beat Florida and go beyond there. Should be very interesting, something we're all going to keep our eye on, but I think, you know, in, in certain ways, the Islanders definitely benefited from the suspension of play at the time that it did stop. Now, this we have a tweet from Islanders captain Anders Lee. He released this yesterday, Monday, just a little bit before noon. And basically, here's the tweet from Anders Lee regarding the ongoing situation across the country and the uh, protests after the tragic death of George Floyd. Lee, in his tweet, says, This past week, I have been trying to find the right words to say, what to say, and how to say it. But it's time to say how I feel the best way I can. I will never fully understand, because the color of my skin, but I have an opportunity to make a difference. I stand for anti-racism. I stand for the rights of black people in America so we can all be equal. I stand alongside the black community through this difficult time and in the future. I stand for the justice of George Floyd and the countless others who have been killed by racism. Black Lives Matter. And that ends the tweet by Anders Lee. At the time I'm recording this, uh, more than 4,200 likes, 746 retweets, and almost 200 comments on that comment right there, that tweet by Islanders captain Anders Lee. And obviously, this is a difficult time. And Lee speaking up and, and showing leadership uh, from a hockey perspective. Uh, and that's that's always a good thing, that your captain is is speaking up and speaking his mind. And look, if, if you're not interested in Anders Lee's feelings about racism and, and about the situation, then ignore it. Don't, don't even look at it. Don't read it. But a lot of people do care. And it, it's good to see that Anders Lee is concerned about what's going on in this country around him and, and, you know, that he is speaking out against hate and racism. 
Meanwhile, if you want something tasty and something that is good for you, try a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are nut-free. Eight of them do have nuts, and all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew, and they are great for someone who is trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Check out the peanut butter brownie flavor, 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, just 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. And right now we have a special offer for all Locked On Islanders listeners. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back. You know, you look at the Islanders' official website, and you can watch their uh, live cameras of the construction of the new arena near Belmont Park, and it's great to to be able to watch that and to see it, and it's heartening, uh, especially now while there is no hockey and we've had the season disrupted, to be able to take a look at that camera and know that the... Islanders' new home is now, again, making progress toward completion is a very, very good feeling. So, one of the keys for the Islanders in this upcoming playoff with the Florida Panthers is going to be how they handle Sergei Bobrovsky. And look, Bobrovsky has spent most of his NHL career with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He started off with the Philadelphia Flyers, Interestingly enough, Bobrovsky got off to a red-hot start against the New York Islanders. He won his first seven decisions and nine of his first ten decisions against the Islanders. Uh, And then, after that fantastic start, he has hit harder times lately. And essentially, he has lost five of his last six decisions against the Islanders, including both matchups this season with Florida, uh, only gave up two goals in both of those games, but at the same time, you know, did not win either of them. And, you know, he did win his last game last season, March 26th, against the Islanders when he was with Columbus. He, in fact, did get a shutout in that game, but then lost you know, the three previous meetings with the Islanders. So Bobrovsky overall has had some pretty good success as far as his one-loss record is concerned against the Islanders. But right now, he's lost five of his last six. And again, I think this is important. He does not have the defense around him that he did when he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Meanwhile, let's uh, talk a little bit about our Islanders' birthday of the day, and that is Marty McGinnis, born 50 years ago today, June 2nd, 1970, in Weymouth, Massachusetts. The Islanders selected McGinnis in the eighth round 
of the 1988 NHL entry draft. He spent three seasons at Boston College before joining the Islanders during the 91-92 season. His best year with the Islanders, 1993-94, 25 goals and 56 points in 81 games. He also topped the 20-goal mark in 1996-97 when he played uh, 70 games before being traded away in that set of circumstances uh, to the Calgary Flames during that season. And in honor of Marty McGinnis' birthday, we're going to go back and take a look at a game from December 17, 1993, Islanders and Toronto Maple Leafs at the Nassau Coliseum. And in this game, in goal for the Maple Leafs, Felix Potvan, while the Islanders went with Ron Hextall. And it would be McGinnis playing a big role in the Islanders' eventual victory. Islanders fell behind 1-0 early on a power play goal by Dave Andrichuk with Mick Vakoda in the penalty box. But then McGinnis came in and helped the Islanders take control. First, an even-strength goal midway through the first period that uh, tied it at 1-1. It was McGinnis's eighth from Vladimir Malakov and Ray Ferraro. And then in the second period, with the Islanders shorthanded, Ray Ferraro in the penalty box, McGinnis, his ninth of the year, second of the game, from Pierre Turgeon, that made it 2-1 to one in favor of the Islanders. Second period goals by Derek King, Brad Delgarno, and Benoit Hogue gave the Islanders a dominating 5-1 lead. Pierre Turgeon added a second shorthanded goal late in the third, and the Islanders went on to a 6-2 home victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs in this game. Marty McGinnis, two goals, one assist, three points, a plus three, got those two goals on just two shots, and the Islanders end up, again, winning handily. Hextall made only 20 saves as the Islanders' defense played well. Vladimir Malakov, a plus four in this game, and led the Islanders with seven shots on goal. Uwe Krupp and Pierre Turgeon were next with six apiece, but again, happy birthday, happy 50th birthday, big milestone birthday for former Islanders player Marty McGinnis, and uh, McGinnis again with the Islanders between 1991-92 and 1996-97, then spent uh, part of one season, a full season, and a little clip of another with the Calgary Flames, before playing with the Anaheim Ducks and the Boston Bruins, his last season in the NHL, 2002 and 2003. McGinnis finished with 170 goals and 420 points in 796 NHL games. And with all the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com 
at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, time for our time machine feature. Yesterday, we went back to the 1975-76 season, which was the season in which the Islanders gave up the fewest number of goals. Well, now we are going to go forward to the season where the Islanders scored the most goals in their history. And that would be the 1981-82 season, the year the Islanders won their third Stanley Cup. And they absolutely were a very dominant team that season. The 81-82 Islanders, 54-16-10 for a total of 118 points, 385 goals scored that season, and a very impressive season at that. Again, Islanders end up winning their third Stanley Cup. Mike Bossy leading the way with 64 goals, followed by Brian Trottier with exactly 50, Clark Gillies adding 38, and John Tonelli 35. Both Dennis Potvin, Bob Bourne, Bob Nystrom, and Brent Sutter all went over the 20-goal mark for the Islanders that season. And we're going to focus in on an offensive explosion that happened the first week in March of that year. And as we go back in the time machine, some of the movies that were out at that time, how about Death Wish 2, Missing, and The Swamp Thing, all films that were out at that time. And as for the Billboard music charts, Stevie Wonder at number five with That Girl. The Cars were fourth with Shake It Up. Long Island's own Joan Jett and the Blackhearts at the number three spot with I Love Rock and Roll. Journey was at number two on the Billboard charts with Open Arms. And at number one, in early March of 1982, the Jay Giles Band with their anthem, Centerfold. For the Islanders, they went on a goal-scoring spree early that month. They started off at the Maple Leaf Gardens against Toronto with a 9-5 win over the Maple Leafs. Both John Tonelli and Mike Bossy had two goals and three assists. Brian Trottier, a goal and three helpers. Dave Longevin had a pair of assists. Butch Goring, by the way, also scored twice as the Islanders absolutely crushed the Maple Leafs. 37 shots on goal uh, against the duo of Vincent Tremblay and Michelle Bunny Larocque, 
but the Islanders crushing Toronto on March 1st by a score of 9-5. to Then the next night, the Islanders back at the Nassau Coliseum hooking up with a 6-3 to win over the Calgary Flames. And in this one, a hat trick for Brian Trottier, a goal and two assists for John Tonelli. And believe it or not, this little streak, the six goals that the Islanders scored, was the lowest total uh, that they had during this week. March 4th, 1982, again at the Coliseum, taking on the Maple Leafs. The Islanders absolutely destroying Toronto again, both Michelle Larock and Vincent Trombley play in this game because the Islanders just decimated the Leafs. Mike Bossy with a hat trick and an assist. Dennis Potvan with three goals. Stefan Pearson with four assists in this one. And the Islanders just dominating play. Uh, multiple point games by Brent Sutter, by John Tanelli, Wayne Merrick, Mike McEwen. In addition to the players that we mentioned earlier, Billy Smith, 31 saves. Meanwhile, the Islanders took 32 shots, 32 shots on goal, and 10 of them went into the net. This team was just unbelievable. Then the following game, again at the Nassau Coliseum, the Islanders going at it with the New York Rangers on March 6, 1982. And again, only, and I'll put only in quotes, six goals for the Islanders in this game. Mike Bossy, two goals and two assists. Two goals for Clark Gillies. Brian Trottier, four helpers in this game. And the Islanders just go on to beat the Rangers. Billy Smith, 20 saves. Eddie Mio, only 22 saves. The Islanders had 28 shots on goal. And again, six of them go in. So the Islanders just dominating. They followed that up with six more goals the next night in St. Louis against the Blues and throughout that season, essentially. The goals just kept on coming. It was, realistically speaking, the strongest Islanders team in franchise history. Again, 118 points. First place in the Patrick division and then into the playoffs they go. And again, the Islanders get through all of the playoffs, beat the Vancouver Canucks to win what was then their third of four Stanley Cups. That is our trip back in time in the time machine as the Islanders had their most explosive offensive season in 1981-82. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice and a review that helps grow the Locked On Islanders family by helping other Islander fans find us when they do a search. You could also, of course, share us uh, with your friends and family and fellow Islanders fans. That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, please tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Remember, we're always one day closer to the resumption of the hockey season. And of course, 
Let's go Islanders.